Welcome in the name of Christ. God's grace, mercy and peace be with you. Good morning and welcome to this online service coming to you today from rural Suffolk, where I serve four rural churches, Rattleston, Hitcham, Brettenham and Thorpe Maru. Today we'll hear two readings from the New Testament, which I pray will convict us and challenge us to take a radical new perspective on the world. First, let us confess our sins before God. The grace of God has dawned upon the world with healing for all. Let us come to him in sorrow for our sins, seeking healing and salvation. For when we have treated others according to their worldly status, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. For when we have been ungrateful and ungenerous to those in need, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. For when we have built barriers or encouraged division in our world, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy upon you, forgive you your sins, and bring you to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the letter of James. My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favouritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand there, or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves? and become judges with evil thoughts. Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonoured the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfil the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, 
if it has no works, is dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from the Gospel according to Mark. From there he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice, but a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, he has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. During the last year, I have got back into House MD, a thankfully fictional American medical drama starring the British actor Hugh Laurie, an eccentric and troubled doctor who leads a team of diagnosticians trying to solve medical mysteries when patients have unusual symptoms. In one episode, they have to treat a millionaire who keeps giving away all of his money. He tells them that though he loves and financially supports his sons, he says he doesn't think they should be any more special to him than starving children that he isn't related to. The team eventually decide his extreme altruism is a symptom, cynical though that might be, and, spoiler alert, they turn out to be right. Our readings today touch on the issue of rich versus poor, but also on race and whether one group of people is more important than another. The writer of our first reading, James, was the first Bishop of Jerusalem. He's writing to Christians dispersed throughout the region, but in particular Jewish Christians who have taken the message of Jesus into the Gentile regions. We can gather from James' words that they were making a huge fuss of the wealthy, giving them the best seats in the house, but ignoring the poor. A friend of mine is a vicar in Kent, and one of the front pews of the church there has historically been owned by the owners of a local grand house. Other people can sit in it, but if the owners notify the vicar in advance, it will be kept free for them and their guests. Of course, once churches up and down England had a system of pew rents, which could be very lucrative. Though today I suspect people would usually pay to be sitting at the back of the church rather than the front. I'm often amazed that such a practice was allowed to continue and whether when this reading from James came up in the Sunday readings, the wealthy were squirming in their expensive pews. James is unequivocal in his language. If you show favouritism to the rich, you are committing a grave sin. The radical message of inclusion for all and equality and the upside-down nature of the Kingdom of God have been forgotten by these Christians, and we are so often in danger of forgetting it too. So what are we to make of our reading from the Gospel, where Jesus appears to be refusing a Gentile woman who has come to him to plead that he saves his, her daughter? In Mark's Gospel, she is a Syrophoenician, so likely to be from the same area as modern-day Syria. It's hard not to see the link between the plight of Syrian refugees, or of course those trying to leave Afghanistan at this time, and the constant political and emotional tug-of-war between the desire to care for your own and the responsibility that we have towards refugees and the most vulnerable in this world. Jesus is approached by this desperate woman and his response is, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Some have argued this word here actually means little dogs, uh, like a pet. I'm not really sure that that softens the blow very much. So why does he say this to her? The context here is not that she is a foreigner particularly, but that she is a Gentile, as I am 
and as most of the people worshipping today are. This just means a non-Jew, someone not born into the covenant that God made with the ancient people of Israel. Jesus is saying here that he has come first to the Jews and only then to the Gentiles. She is bold to respond, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And Jesus appears to relent and heals her daughter there and then. Some interpret this as Jesus changing his mind, as if Jesus had planned only to save the Jews, but he changed his mind upon meeting this Gentile woman. But he'd already healed Gentiles before and made bold statements about the coming inclusion of the Gentiles, notably in response to the centurion's faith, which most think happened a while before this event. This wasn't news to Jesus who was present even when Abraham was told that all the nations of earth will be blessed by his descendant. And when Solomon prophesied that people from all nations would come to know the God of the Jews at the blessing of the temple. It is the disciples who need to hear this teaching, who need to learn that the gates of the kingdom are being flung open to people of every nation. What Jesus is wanting from the woman is for her to demonstrate to them and to us who he is, the one who has come to bring healing to the nations. When we read the Bible, we tend to identify more with some of the characters than others, based on our own background and assumptions. For many in the West, we read the Bible from the perspective of the wealthy and the powerful, which means that we find these two readings particularly challenging? Do I have a sense of entitlement, an assumption that I'm owed the better things in life? And do I expect to be given the best seats and the best welcome in church or wherever? Do we identify more with Jesus, with the power to give or withhold charity, than with the Gentile woman pleading for her daughter? Perhaps there's a variety of question, answers to that question here today, but I think it's helpful to remember that if you are a Gentile as I am, then we are not by rights children of God in the same way as our Jewish brethren are. That might sound a bit shocking, but it's actually really wonderful. Those of us who have put our trust in Jesus Christ have rather been adopted into the household of faith, the kingdom of God. And we now enjoy, with the Syrophoenician woman, a place of true glory and honour. We have not earned this. This is a free gift of grace. And not just the crumbs, but the food for the children has now been given to us, as we have been invited to come and sit at the table with them. This should change the way we see the world and change the way we see one another. How can we treat anyone better or worse because of their bank balance when we who are poor in spirit have been given all the riches of God's grace? How can we see or treat anyone as less deserving of safety or freedom because they're not like us when we have been welcomed into the kingdom of God with open arms? Christians are particularly united with their brothers and sisters around the globe who share a common faith and baptismal water is thicker than blood. 
as we give thanks for our inclusion into the kingdom of God and the welcome that is there for all who call on the name of Jesus. Let us declare that faith now. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join with me as we pray the response to Lord in your mercy is hear our prayer. We thank you God that you have opened your covenant with your chosen people the Jews to people from all nations 
and that whoever we are, we can be adopted into the inheritance of Christ. When we are excluded or discriminated against by the world or even by your church, help us to remember the place of honour to which we have been called. Give us the boldness to challenge injustice and unfair discrimination wherever we see it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those who work to break down barriers between people, in particular in places where ethnic or religious differences have caused division and violence for many generations. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, and we ask your blessing on those who take on this costly and sacrificial role, remembering that Christ has brought us peace with God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray at this time for Afghanistan, for those who are suffering under the new regime, for those still engaged in fighting. We pray for the Taliban, that they would turn from their oppression and seek the good of the whole people, and for the international community as they respond to the situation there. We look forward to the day when all earthly kingdoms will cease and the swords will be turned into plowshares in your eternal reign of justice and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those in poverty, in our own nations and others, and we pray for the people and organisations who bring aid and support to those in need, in small everyday acts of kindness and generosity, as well as large-scale projects. May we heed the words of James to care not just for the soul, but for the bodily needs of those we serve. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we now take a moment to remember before God anyone known to us who is hurting, who is bereaved, who has died. And we ask for the Holy Spirit to comfort and sustain all those who suffer and are mourning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, whose only Son has opened for us a new and living way into your presence. Give us pure hearts and steadfast wills to worship you in spirit and in truth, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, 
the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.